Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. G'day, Clayton here from XY Advisor. I had the privilege to chat with James Wrigley, who um, I've been watching, mate. You got you do some amazing stuff on LinkedIn. So thanks for coming on. That's all right, Clayton. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think uh, as professional services, financial planning experienced a very unique, let's use the word unique, unique position in that there was payment via a third party for a long period of time. And then mm. as all of that has changed um, to certain extents, and then, but if you look at where the direction is going, it's pushing financial services, or I should say financial planning in particular, into the realm of where every other profession uh, deals in, which is, hey, client, I have value that you want and you need, and I can articulate it really clearly. And here's, here is the price and let's work together to achieve an outcome that you want. And as financial planning has changed, it has needed to compete in the open market. And competing in the open market means that advisors need to learn to be a part of the open market and acquire clients in, I would say, how people just simply like to purchase yeah. professional services these days, True. right? Because yeah. there was a time when, uh, and when I first started financial planning, this is definitely how it was. You don't know anything about me. I don't know anything about you. But in this one hour, I've got to convince you that I'm the person that can help you achieve everything you want. And, the, and that was sales tactics and it was... Uh, it was value driven, but it was very much around how to get you from A to B as quickly as possible. These days, mostly off the back of LinkedIn, um, we now can peruse what we want far ahead of time. So if I'm looking for a professional service of my own, well, LinkedIn's a very good place for me to be exposed to that. And um, there was definitely a time when Chris Bates owned LinkedIn for financial planners. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he still does, uh, to a large extent, do a, a fantastic job posting twice a, twice a day. You were the first, at least to my opinion, or at least I can see, you were the first um, advisor to jump on the LinkedIn Live mm. video streaming. Um, I know my mate Ben Nash has tried to follow you down the path, but I think the beard is kind of getting in the road at this stage. <laughs> he was on today. I saw him doing a live today. <laughs> He's Ned Kelly at this stage. Um, but uh, I, I think you've been doing it the longest, and I think you've been doing a really good job. And I kind of wanted to have a chat to you about belonging as a part of the open, the, the, the open market of ideas and presenting what it is that you do and allowing people to get to know you before they purchase. And I think what you've done is fantastic and there's a lot to dive into. So thank you for coming on. That's all right. Thank you. And as I said beforehand, I've listened to many, many podcasts and been part of the XY group for a while. So it's a, it is an honor to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Mate, uh, yeah, we, we definitely like to uh, keep up to date with who's doing an amazing stuff. And Adele has this 30-day challenge going on uh, you know, on the XY platform yeah. at the moment. And, um, and you posted a, a screen capture of your results. And obviously because of the work that you'd been doing 
before this challenge, you, you had a really good running start. And in a lot of ways, Adele is trying to get people to become comfortable with what it is that you were already doing. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask, was there a moment where you suddenly became comfortable in front of the camera? Was, was it something you heard, something you realized, or was it just, Hey, this thing's now available and I'm going to go after it. Like what was, what yeah. was your thinking of how to present yourself to the public like this? So from the get go, it was incredibly nerve wracking. And even now still I'm, I'm fine doing like, if I set up the camera here and record something, just me in the room, I'm perfectly fine doing that. I get incredibly nervous and this um, imposter syndrome stuff kind of gets starts to overcome me a bit when I go live. I think, like, who am I to think I have a view that I should put out into the world that's live and people are actually going to watch and, and communicate back, but they do, which is quite incredible. Um, it was So I, I started posting on LinkedIn initially because there really weren't any friends and family on there. So it was almost like this social media channel where no one that really knew the real James was there. And so I could build up a level of confidence in just having something to say, putting something out into the world. It just so happens to be that it's kind of the professional platform and there's clients that I like to work with, hang out on LinkedIn. So that all worked. But more than anything, it was just trying to get comfortable putting stuff out there, recording video and the like, um, in a place where my mum wasn't going to see it and yep. over the dinner on, on the weekend saying, oh, I saw your video or my auntie wasn't going to see it. So that's why I, I started out there. Um, but I got it. I, I, this is going back a few years ago now. I had a really good year, one, you know, one financial year. And by and large, that was because I had a lot of referrals from one particular accountant. And it kind of scared me as well. And I thought, you know what, I, I've had this great year, all of these great clients. But what happens if this accountant decides that for some reason he likes the other guy better than he likes me, all of a sudden, like I'm connected to this accountant, and all of a sudden, you know, any opportunity of any new clients just goes somewhere else. So I, was, I wanted to get to a position where clients wanted to come and work with me because I was me, not because Joe Blow accountant said that, hey, you should go and see James because he can help you with X, Y, and Z. I wanted them to come and see me. And so that's why I went down this path of regularly posting videos and photos and a whole bunch of different stuff. That's why I've kind of done what I've done and ended up in the position where it is at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Um, if I go back about 12 months, the LinkedIn, the, the XY um, LinkedIn was very low. I think it only had about 500 followers or something. And, and um, I was kind of looking at all the algorithms around what LinkedIn promoted and it was video. And yeah. so I ended up doing a short couple of minute video. It wasn't live, but a couple of minutes and posted it to the XY platform and it rapidly grew the channel. And um, I was super comfortable with it and was able to do it until when one person mentioned that I was doing it to me, I was like, oh no, but that's okay. And no one else will mention it. And then someone else mentioned it within a week. And then I got really nervous. Like I'll be fully honest. I got super nervous and I, and I said to myself, I can't do this anymore. And, and I ran out of the motivation to do it because I felt like my friends and family were watching. And when you mentioned just before that you felt that comfortable because it was a place where probably the best example I can think of is strangely enough biblical, but it, it, it's along the lines of 
you know, the, the teacher isn't respected in, in the, in the person's hometown. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's something about that. There's something about being afraid to be looking like you're someone of note mm. when you know that internally, well, that's not how I feel, but I just, just want to do a video. I just want to talk about the things that I know publicly and I want to get that out to as many people as possible. But then maybe it's because we're Australian, but I, what it, whatever it is, but it's, we're always a little bit scared. And when the moment that you mentioned that, I, I was like, yes, you know, that, that had a big effect on me. And I, and I stopped doing it. Um, I don't, I couldn't do live if, if I'm being honest, like yeah. even, even though this podcast gets listened to, um, I think about actually about 10,000 people a month, right. Listen, wow. listen to this pod, podcast now. Right. And so, but I have thankfully the only person that's listening right now is you. Yeah. And but <laughs> like, that's the thing that you've got to, th- so now, when I, I was doing live for a, I, when this COVID stuff uh, all, all, all really flared up, I don't know why, but I didn't think it was going to be, I, in my mind, I didn't think it was going to be around for, for a while. I thought, you know, we're going to be at home for four weeks and then it's fine. I'm going to go back into work and all's going to be normal. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start doing some live. And, you know, LinkedIn Live has a bit of, like, no, not many people have it. There's not many yeah. views on there. So reaching out to people and asking them to do a live was, was okay. Like people, people were pretty receptive to that. And then so it was just like you and I just talking now, um, but others could watch. And then so people would start liking and commenting and you'd get some regular followers. And now you just build up some confidence with it more than anything. Uh, and now, you know, I'll jump on. I've started to want to try and do Friday afternoons. I'll just jump on and ramble on about something, some stuff that's gone on during my day, during the week. Hopefully there's some comments and things and it starts a bit of banter and, and go from there. And, and I think it's the psychology that interests me a lot because I think what you're doing um, shows that advisors, if they simply talk about what it is that they know, and, and by that I mean even break it down easier. If you talk about simply what it is that you've recently gone through with an ideal client, and it could be the story that some, it could be a, a five-minute story of a five-year journey. Mm. And, and because advi- the experiences that advisors have is really unique and sharing those client problems and those client solutions without sharing any personal details is the single most valuable, easiest concept I can imagine to, um, to creating content. I, I remember I've been to conferences in the past where it was a hundred, whatever, 101 on how to create content. And because the, back in the day, like I think a few years ago, it was how am I going to come up with 10 best ways to save money during Halloween or something, right? And it was this, always this kind of kitsch. But I, I've seen a really, really a strong growth in this concept of talking about your clients and talking about their client problems. And, and then it's not, it's not hard to create content, right? Because you're literally just talking about what it is that you do for work. And I wish I had the, the ability to, to do what it is that you do in terms of go live. And I think a lot of advisors also experience that fear, mm. that fear of going public or going live. And the fact that when I think live videos 
James Wrigley comes to mind for uh, for LinkedIn. I think is like it's a it's a huge compliment, but it's also such a huge moment for for advice in general. In that at least someone is out there doing it. Yeah, you know, and so it's awesome to see when you do it. Have you considered doing it more? Is it something that you you could step up doing? It is, but I'm still at that. This is scary stage that you kind of. Yeah. About there. So in recording videos, I started out very technical because that's your kind of your fallback. I know that. Oh, yeah. Contributions and this and that. And so you you tend to start there, but that's not the stuff that really gets any resonance with with clients and and prospects and, and the like. It's when you actually start to share about you and things that are going on in your life, people actually see you as a person. Yeah. Rather than this uh, this technical uh, resource. And that's when you get the real kind of connection, but getting to that point takes a little while and a bit of uh, a bit of practice. Uh, I find from others that I've spoken to, and certainly what I went through myself, the biggest hesitation that a lot of people have is in that you sound differently. So if you listen to your voice back, you sound differently to what you actually sound like in your own head, and you kind of look different to what you think you look different when you look back at the video. So a lot of people are hesitant to that. But like that is what you look like and that is what you sound like. No one would have any worry about meeting with you face to face. So you kind of got to get over that hurdle first. Then live is live is you know even scarier again. Uh, it is look, it is something that I could ramp up more. Yes. Um, my the my sticking point is what do I keep talking about? So back to what you were saying before about client stories and stuff yeah that that's the obvious one to do it's then just a matter of doing it making it regular pressing play and and uh and and going and doing it and that's maybe something that i'll do even off the back of this this podcast episode uh, is start to talk a little bit more about the client stories and people i'm helping and what i'm doing um yeah and, and it's it's so true because um, I hate talking live, like publicly. I hate speaking in front of crowds. It's one. It's my worst possible imagine um, thing to do with my time. And yet, when I do do it, because friends put on events and you just try to help them out, um, I I try to tell them the thing that I'm telling myself in that moment. And it is true, but it's so hard to internalize, which is no one's judging you enough in a professional environment of people that don't know you. Mm. No one has the time to sit down and allocate critical time to watch you. If that makes sense. No one's, if let's say I don't know an accountant and an accountant does a, a, does a a LinkedIn live. I'm not going to spend my time watching that accountant to disagree with what that accountant is talking about or to judge them because I don't know, I've got work to do. And so uh, it's so true that the only audience that you, that you gain is actually the audience that likes what you have to say. And although I know that academically, I, uh, you, and, and then I would say probably myself and, and you would be some of the two that do this sort of media and content creation more than most. Yeah. And yet we struggle with it, right? So we, we, we battle with that internal problem. 
And no matter how many times I academically tell people not to worry about it, it's very hard to get over. And so like, that's why when, when I saw you repetitively over quite a, quite a while doing this and then um, doing uh, the 30 day challenge with Adele on the XY platform, I was like, I have to catch up because I got so much respect for you that you're doing. And to hear that you're struggling with it as well almost makes me feel better because it's like, okay, well, the person that I think is doing it well is also experiencing it. And so the point of saying all that is for everyone that's listening, just know that that feeling never goes away, that there's never a right time and to start doing it. And I don't know how to say that in a way that's going to get more people to take action, but if you can, it's definitely worth just doing. It is. And LinkedIn is LinkedIn in particular is a very supportive platform, primarily because someone's name is then attached to a business. So they're not going to go in there spewing hate on something that you've written or something, you know, some video or some live, because it's going to reflect poorly on them as an employee somewhere or as in a business owner. And they're not going to want to ruin that reputation. Whereas Facebook, and you know instagram and all of that people are hiding behind different names and things and so you're probably much more likely to get some hate on there whereas linkedin is broadly supportive and and as you as you pointed out there people are the people that are going to watch are really the only ones that are enjoying that so they're not really going to put some hate on there i had a couple when i was doing all the lives you know one after another for a few weeks there there was two days one after another two different people i don't know who they were just random connections that i had on linkedin commented on there saying, um, how do I unsubscribe from this? I'm not getting any value from this. And so I nicely went back to them and said, look, well, first off, you don't have to watch it. Like if you don't get any value from it, no one's sitting there forcing you to watch this live. Yeah. One, you don't have to watch it. But then two, if you really don't like it, we'll just, there's the, the unfollow button and remove the connection. It's no big deal. I don't know who these people were. Yes. That's the fastest way to them not becoming clients of mine, which is brilliant. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my time. They're not gonna waste their time trying to meet with me. I'm not gonna waste my time trying to chase them up if there was some kind of conversation going on. They didn't like me for whatever reason. It is what it is and move on. Yes. So it's powerful from that point of view. Yes. And and it's amazing the tools that are at your disposal when you do get that that bad egg, if you want to call it that. Um, what this was explained to me once, uh, which is your digital environment is like your digital living room and you wouldn't let someone walk in with dirty feet into your, into your living room and put their feet up on the couch. Right? So there's a certain level of respect that people need to have when they walk into your environment. And if they're, if they're going to be like that, and I've only had that, I would say over all the years, that I've been doing stuff once or twice myself Mm. and it's very easy. Uh, You Google, because I don't know what the shortcut is, but you Google how to block someone on LinkedIn (laughs) and you follow the 30 second instructions on how to do that. And then that problem is gone forever and you're doing them a favor and you a favor. So, so for whatever reason um, you're going to get a bad egg, it's very easy to tidy up your environment so that you can make it, well, better for them because they've clearly said that they don't enjoy it and better for you because you don't really want to deal. All you're doing is putting information that's out there that's valuable to a certain set of people. 
the tools currently aren't set up to know exactly who they are. So you're just putting it out and then people need to opt in and opt out. And that's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, what have you, what, what actually, here's some things. What have you been doing? If you can talk about, I don't even know if you talk about, but during the, I think, I think the Adele 30 day challenge is close to halfway through. What's some interesting things that you've learned there that you weren't doing previously? So it's made my life in terms of posting a bit easier because there's someone else coming up with what am I going to talk about for the day? So it kind of narrows this field of, you know, I, I have a note in my phone that's just getting incredibly long. And as I think of things, I just write them down and one day I'll do a post about it. But this has narrowed down this field of what was potentially all the way out here to, okay, it's this topic that I'm writing on. And there's been so many times when the topics I've read it first, read it in the morning and go, nah, I'm not writing anything about that. I, I've got, <laughs> I, I, what am I going to talk about that one? And then it's, it's, it's funny how your mind works within about half an hour. I've convinced myself, Oh yeah, that's the idea. That's what I'm going to write about. And then you just go from, go from there. So, you know, some of the things that I've posted about that I've never done before is like publicly acknowledging those in my team. Like I do that, you know, within the within the confines of the business and within our team but on linkedin on linkedin it's all been about it's been quite selfish up until now it's just all been me and kind of building a brand for myself uh, whereas there's been a couple of posts where i've done that uh, and a couple of posts where i've just tagged and, and thanked you know, those that have referred work to me and that i've worked closely with in the last 12 you know 12 18 months where again i would have never publicly done that. I always thought, you know, if I, well, if I tell this mortgage, if I publicly announce that this mortgage broker and this mortgage broker have both referred work to me in the last 12 months, that's going to cross over and I won't get anything from anyone. And so it's helped me get over that fear. I've just put it out there. Um, so they're probably a couple of the ones that I wouldn't have never otherwise have posted anything along that, along those lines. Yeah. I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen a lot on LinkedIn recently. There's a bunch of questions or polls. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that's a tool on LinkedIn. I didn't even know existed. And now just my whole feed is, you know, hashtag value of advice, some poll. Yeah. Um, have you found that that's been helpful? Uh, no, the polls on LinkedIn are rubbish. <laughs> they, um, the, you get very few people responding to them. Yep. It's interesting the features that LinkedIn bring out and then how far you comment, you spoke before about the algorithm, how far the algorithm pushes something over another. Yes. Um, like, so that the polls don't really go very far. Interesting. You get, you get a couple of, couple of responses to them. Someone votes yes or no, but that's about it. Yeah. Right. It's also with, um, if you on, on LinkedIn, if you promote an event, there's an event, you know, yeah. you can, you can launch an event, so to speak. Yeah. It goes nowhere. It's yeah. it LinkedIn, LinkedIn, such a, such, such a temperamental uh, platform because uh, I remember about a year ago, we were getting probably three times the reach that where we were getting these days. I think, you know, they, they played the long game of getting everyone to build the audience and now they want you to pay, right? It's nothing new. We've yeah, said it a hundred times, a hundred times before. Um, but there is the, I think again, someone mentioning it to me once LinkedIn is a platform of your ideal client. Mm. And, and that, that is a very unique position. And I think as LinkedIn became comfortable with being a sales 
tool and that's what it is. It's a value, it's a value driven sales tool. It's, it's done well. Everyone knows now you go on there and everyone's selling. Yeah. And, 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 and if you're in the market to buy, um, then, okay, cool. You're, you're probably more interested in what's being sold, but at the same time, it's a great place for you to sell to others as well. And you just, if you're not taking advantage of it, it's almost like every day is a posting opportunity. Hmm. And if you don't take advantage of that, then you've lost it literally forever because you, you, you only sort of get that one opportunity per day. And, and then, so LinkedIn's great for client acquisition and then video gets treated really well. Um, what, because it turns up on my, on my feed when you go live, yep. I guess, how many connections do you have? And then what percentage of those connections sort of drop in and then fall off? Do you, do you, do you get those sort yeah. of statistics? Yeah, you get some of those metrics. So just on that kind of selling, you need to, those that have the best success on there, they're not overtly selling. They're not going yeah. to go and buy my course, go and do this, go and do that. It's yeah. slowly building building connections with people yes in terms of the live so i've got 5700 5800 or so connection wow. so i i went pretty active uh, a couple of years ago in going out connecting to a whole bunch of people that met certain criteria yep or like my ideal clients um but the live uh, get, gets doesn't get very many views at all which is quite disappointing right. uh so they've got this feature but i think linkedin's not a platform where people are going searching to sit and watch a 20 minute video sure you get the notification and so that as you as you said it kind of pops up in in your feed if someone in your network is going live uh, and people will tune in they'll watch for a bit and then they come and go they come and go like i i would probably only get maybe six or seven concurrent viewers at a time sure when i'm doing it uh you get then you then get a few views after the fact like some of my better performing uh, LinkedIn lives have got maybe five, 600 views over a period of time. Yep. Uh, but you know, a, a pre-recorded video would get a whole lot more than that. So it's, it's, it's just a different way of talking to people. And so I've, I've gone out and um, I've actually put polls up and asked the question of, of the people that I'm connected with, what type of content do you actually want to see from me? Mm. And you get some people that say, actually, I really like the live ones and I want to see the live ones. And then you get some that say, I want a pre-recorded video, some that want text. So I try and do a bit of everything to try and cater for all of them. But you do get the metrics of who's watching. So I, I bring the video up on my own phone as well to make sure that it's coming through okay. And you can see who's watching. When you look behind, you can see how long people have been watching for. And there's a graph of people coming and going throughout the duration of the live. Now I use StreamYard for it. A lot of people that are doing the live on LinkedIn are using a. You have to use a third-party streaming service um, called StreamYard. That's now got the comments built into it, so I can now actually be talking to the computer screen and actually seeing the comments coming through and bring them up and and actually talk with people as they as they're dropping in comments. Whereas before, you used to have to look on a separate device and scroll and see if anyone had left a comment if you wanted to interact with what they were saying. So it's getting better, but you still have to use a third-party streaming service. Yeah, right, StreamYard. Um, <laughs> did you, did you um, learn how to go up 
on LinkedIn as a, as a client acquisition methodology. Did you learn that from so, uh, the social advisor, Baz Gardner, or after, or did you learn it via um, who's Steve Salvia? I know he sort of was yeah. big on that. Uh, Baz. So, Baz. So, you had, so Baz was on the episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so yeah. I, um, I, so I knew, I guess, like a lot of people in the industry, I'd known Baz for a little while and, consumed the whole like whenever anything of his came up i i would watch it from start to finish for a while they're just trying to soak in everything that i could um two years ago i started working with him like on a paid basis wow uh, to so that was so his business has changed a bit in the last couple of years but yep. at the time when i joined he he was he we ran a series of modules essentially you yep. would do over a period of time uh, a lot of those were in person or you'd do some of them on Zoom. And a lot of that was about you know, just getting comfortable on video. And you know, it's, these are some of the tools to use to edit your video. And this is how you use Zoom. And you know, that's when Zoom wasn't being used by a lot of people and Calendly and, and kind of just uh, what, he, what he referred to as digitizing your client engagement. Mm. So I did a whole bunch of modules with him and the rest of the team there for the last couple of years. That was a big support in just, just, keeping the posting regular and finding your voice and uh and and kind of going as i said before kind of going to that next level in your post not to say this is a super contribution but you know talking a, a bit more personal which is what 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 potential clients really engage with yeah so it was bad that i've been i was working with for the last couple of years yeah because with with a connection um base of around five thousand. I, I, first thing I think to myself is, okay, you, you've learned, someone's taught you. And I, 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 I remember speaking to a couple other guys, you know, Chris Bates, he, he's done podcasts in the past, you know, Ben Nash as well. And these guys had thousands. I, I, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm, you know, especially with Chris, who was posting twice a day and has been for many, many years, mm. let's say three, four years at this stage. I think he actually hit his 30,000 limit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Chris is capped out. Yeah. Yeah. So he's um, well and truly dominates LinkedIn when he, when he puts up a, a post, but yeah, it's, it's the, there's another guy uh, in the UK, Mark, I can't remember Gaysford or something like that is a recruitment agent in uh, he was a recruitment agent in, in the UK. He, he was, he did a LinkedIn live last week and I was watching it over the weekend after the fact. <laughs> and he made an interesting comment saying that you're a lot of people going to LinkedIn thinking I'm going to connect with people like this in a real narrow range, but you need your content to be pushed and go far for it to stay relevant to stay in people's feed. So he was saying you, you kind of find your niche in like the mass, so you need to get to, and I'm at you know five and a bit thousand, but even that's not enough, I don't think. I think you need to get to the 20, 30, 40 thousands like you know Chris and Ben and, and, and those guys have got so that you've got this, this mass audience so that when you do go live, for example, there's only a small proportion of your audience is actually going to be on LinkedIn at that point in time. You need a dozen or more of those people to actually jump on and watch it so that it stays top of feed and to engage and like your photos and all the rest of it and some of the written stuff that Chris puts up, you need that mass audience because only a small number of them are going to engage. And if no one's engaging with it, LinkedIn's just going to can your content and, and no one will see it. Yes. So you almost need the huge volume to then speak to the narrow people that you actually want to work with. Yes. 
Yeah, um, Andrew Rock's XY's chair, chairperson, he actually has a same, similar strategy where he's connected with thousands, thousands of people. Um, I was always, again, just with my, um, my view of, I guess, how much that I'm willing to put myself out there. I, I, I live on the extreme of putting myself out there for the record. Um, but I, I even feel bad about getting rejected for a LinkedIn request. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, when people don't do a lot of this activity, uh, I totally understand what, what holds them back. And yet I think it's pretty clear that a certain level of success lives on the other side of just simply getting over your own little uh, problems with, for example, my own um, with, you know, someone not accepting a LinkedIn request. I, I almost feel, uh, how would I put it, that I've put someone out by asking them and they've, got, they've gone, who's this character, you know? And so um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not naturally inclined to do it. At certain points in, I think I'm at about two and a half thousand. At certain points I've tried really hard and I've done it, you know, like a hundred in a day. I remember for a week or two, I was like, that's it, I'm going to do a hundred in a day. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that this concept of building their, like to being linked in to, to other people is still a foreign concept. And I think it's been, it's a strategy now that's existed. You know, Baz was the first one to build it as far as I'm concerned uh, a few years ago. And it just, it's almost standard practice now because advice lives on the open market, because we're, we're not just a profession that can survive off purchasing or, or, or somehow getting in as the corporate advisor in a big firm and then just getting leads, you know, 24 seven, it's, it's required. It's almost a, a must have now. It, we're, we're even moving past the concept of it being um, a modern strategy. It's almost mandatory at this stage. Yeah. Well, you've got to expect, and I think most people have come to terms with that. You know, if you've got a referral from someone else, an accountant or a mortgage broker or a lawyer, or where, you know, the traditional kind of financial planning referral sources, most people accept now that they're probably going to Google my name or the business that I work for before they give me a phone call. But it's almost to the point now where if they stumbled across your LinkedIn profile, for example, and they've seen you haven't posted anything for the last year and a half or the last thing that you, that you, you reshared some type of industry, something or other two years ago, it doesn't do anything to build your credibility. Yes. The thing that really roped me into continuing to do this and to, to do it regularly is waking up in the morning and there's hundreds more people have viewed something that you post. And it kind of blew my mind initially to think that, you mean, I've been sleeping for the last eight hours, but there's 200 people out there somewhere mm. that have seen this thing of mine whilst I've been sleeping. So it's mm. like you're, you're, you're putting yourself out there and marketing to a degree but it's just happening whilst you're sleeping. And so you might wake up in the morning and there's some message from someone to say, Hey James, I saw your video, blah, 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 blah. Can we have a chat? You mean to think that I was in bed asleep and this accountant that I'd built based my business on for years up until now, he was sleeping as well, but I've received, I've got this referral through in, in, in my sleep. It's once that kind of really clicked in my head, actually I've got to keep going with this because um. It, it works. Yeah. As advice has changed and is changing, especially in Australia, really rapidly, the challenges are 
intense. And, and I mean, and, and, and because they're happening in real time, it doesn't surprise me when, um, when people are really dismayed by it because of the, the overwhelming amount of change. Now it affects not, it doesn't have a huge effect on everyone in the same way, but I, I at least sympathize with the fact that change sucks in general. <laughs> and then, and then if your career path, which you're devoted your life to and enjoy a lot and then provides for you and your family um, is changing underneath you, then that just is inherently a bad position to be in. On the flip side of it, financial advice in this country, I like in in I would say probably the last sort of three years, has been so overwhelmingly progressive in what it's aiming to achieve. With guys like Baz teaching with you know as many people as he's taught, um, it, it's br- bringing these sort of concepts in. So we now know that if we put a piece of content on LinkedIn and 250 people see it in your sleep, you know that is from an awareness point of view that you've increased in the minds of 250 people. Mm. Now, if you do that again, maybe half of those will see it again the next day. Maybe half of them again will see it the next day and half of them. And potentially you're going to have a group of say 10 people that watch every single thing you do for two weeks straight. And those 10 people the reason why they're watching it and listening to it is because they're actually the people that you were trying to communicate to in the first place. Yeah. Even, even though hundreds every day are watching it, but there's a select actual person or people that you want to communicate with. And they're the people that just opt themselves in. And, and then add on to that, your, your digital engagement experience. You know, the, the way that I think about it is the better your marketing, the less the, the small, not less, the smaller your sales process. Yeah. And so, it, and so if you, if you James have uh, 10 hours or maybe not even that 10 videos, call it to your ideal client, they opted in for each of them and they got to learn about your content by the time that they arrive in your office or, or, or virtually over zoom, they know they know who you are. They know what you sound like and all those things that you've said previously, they've opted in and uh, it makes the sales process so much easier. And then the onboarding process, the improvements that I've seen to that extent, uh, the, 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 the project management and then the SOA creation and all of these segments, you know, there's probably like five or six different parts of the advice process. They're all improving. Um, but for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, I know why it's nervous. It's nerve wracking to put yourself out there on LinkedIn. And that's why I think when I saw you doing it so successfully, uh, regardless now that I've learned of the internal, I guess, struggle that you feel, which is very similar to me, you choose mm-hmm. to do it anyway. It's a good news story for this industry, man. And, and I think you're doing a really good job. Thank you. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I mean it. And, and advisors just need to do it in general because the way that I think about it is good advice is too important to not get into the hands of as many people as possible. And it's the best thing. Good, good financial advice is the best thing that money can, can buy. Look, it is. And you just, uh, it's just an opportunity to kind of tell people about it. You know, you, you, you spoke there before about, you know, that, people kind of getting to know you and they follow your videos over a while. I, um, 
I put out on LinkedIn the other couple of weeks ago to say last week and the week before I was supposed to be away on holidays and so I didn't have too much on uh, and I put out a Calendly link. I put a video and I put underneath a Calendly link to say, hey, does anyone want to just have a chat for half an hour? Anyone about anything? <laughs> Let's do it. And I had maybe four or five people come book in and a couple of industry people that I didn't know, but they said, I've been watching all of your videos. It's great. Can you help me with this? Like they're trying, they were trying to get over some particular things them, themselves. Um, someone reached out, uh, a guy from Sydney, and the conversation that we were having just certain things that he said, I'm like, I'm thinking, how do you like, how do you know that about me? I'm like, oh, hang on. I've been talking <laughs> about some of these things in these videos over the last six months or whatever, just certain things in my life. Like, like I think he commented to say that, you know, he asked about me being in one of the, one of the lockdown postcodes, which is where I am in, in, in Melbourne before the rest of Melbourne's now in lockdown. And I'm like thinking to myself, how do you know about that? Oh, actually, that's right. Cause I've been talking about this stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, you just, it's incredible how it goes and people just watch, you know, people will decide if they like what you're speaking about and they'll go searching for it. Now there's people that tell me they go looking for videos from me um, to see what I'm up to. Awesome. Are you, um, are you repurposing into a podcast by any chance? Yeah, I have been. So the, the, um, the live videos, yes, I got a bit slack with that. I, I think I did maybe 15 in a row. Um, vast majority of those are on a podcast channel that I have uh, and the videos on LinkedIn as well. So, sorry, on uh, YouTube. So I was recording the video and putting that onto YouTube as well. So that's there, but my, my each of my YouTube epi- podcast episodes might get like five or six people mm. to them, but, but it's consistent. Every one has got like five or six. So I suspect it's the same five or six people who knows who they are, but but, you know, again, that's just bringing people into your world and that might be some other means that they, they feel more comfortable me communicating with them via podcast form. So I repurpose it to there. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think in terms of repurposing video and audio converted into YouTube and podcast is the, the most obvious and mandatory repurposing i always struggle with repurposing because I, I thought well i'm just saying the same thing but writing a little bit differently but it's not that it's it's some people just prefer different channels than others and then using the content that you've already created just giving more people the chance to engage with it as possible a lot of this stuff is classic now for a reason yeah. and and uh mate like that's that's why i wanted to catch up with you um is because yeah again it's difficult. It's hard. Not, no one loves the idea of, you know, their face being on uh, LinkedIn or, or, or YouTube and, and the sound of our own voices is annoying and, and all of those kind of things. And yet on the other side of the decision to do it, I think is, I think is, is a level of success that you wouldn't experience without it. So. And it's the opportunity, like it's not just all about, clients as well like the confidence that i just have in just meeting with someone like i years ago like the going to a networking event you would never catch me dead at one like i hated them i'd hide in the corner of the room i'd say hello to one person like i would not be i hated them absolutely hated them with a passion but then you know just i'm much more comfortable doing this and for others it's it's completely daunting but 
but putting out the videos and things, but the other opportunities that have come with it, like, you know, sitting here talking to you, if I wasn't doing these videos, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Um, you know, magazine articles and other bits and pieces that come off the back of it. So it's not all just about client ac acquisition. I've had tremendous amount of personal growth. I feel in the last couple of years, just from, from, from doing it. And that's like that, that's worth more than getting a few clients from LinkedIn. I feel um, it's been a good journey. Mate, that's a really good point. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that, but absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And now that you've mentioned it, um, well, at our, our respect for your time, mate, thank you. I just saw your little boy walk there in the background. Very cute. Mm -hmm. I just became a father the other day. So a uh, big fan of the whole thing. Um, mate, thanks so much for coming on and sharing. I just had to reach out. Congrats with all, you know, what you've done so far. Congrats on the personal growth. And yeah, I'm excited to see where you take it. Thanks, Clayton. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Cheers.